Shalom to all. Today's daf is Shabbos of Kufnun Dalid. We're starting at the top of the daf, the first word on the line. Today's daf is sponsored by Ilu Nishmas Reb Chaim Ben Rav Avram Shimon. His neshama should have an aliyah. We had concluded yesterday's daf discussing a memra from Rami Bar Chama. He had taught us the one who's mechamar on Shabbos, one that leads his loaded animal on Shabbos. If he did so b'shoyeg, he'd be chayv v'chatas. If he did b'mezid, he would be chayv skila. Rab and Rav had argued about this memra, and today's Gemara begins with a slightly different version of this discussion. The Gemara says, Rav Zvid Masni Hachi, Amar Rami Bar Chama, Rami Bar Chama said, Hamachamar Achar Behem B'Shabbos, one that's Machamar on Shabbos. B'Shaygig, if he did so B'Shaygig, Ene Chayv Chatas. He's not Chayv Chatas, B'Mezid, then he's going to be Chayv Skila. Masiv Rava, he asks from Rabbi Yisrael, Hamachal Sa Shabbos, someone that's Machal Shabbos, B'Darosh Chayav Neshigasay Chatas, with something that he'd be Chayv Chatas. If he did B'Shaygig, Chayav Nezdayne Skila, then he'd be Chayv Skila if he did B'Mezid. Ha'en Chayav Neshigasay Chatas. But if he's not going to be Chayv Chatas for doing a B'Shaygig, Ein Chayav Nezdayne Skila, he's not going to be Chayv Skila for doing a B'Mezid. And Rami Bar Chama tried to tell us that one that's Machamar on Shabbos, if he did so B'Shaygig, he's not going to be Chayav Chatas. But if he did B'Mezid, he's going to be Chayav Skila. That's not like this Brisa. Now the Gemara says, Mikitani Ha'in Chayavin. Does it really say that if he's not Chayav Chatos, then he's not going to be Chayav Skila? We can learn the following. Hachikamer, this is really what the Brisa is saying. Something that a person would be Chayav Chatos for doing a B'Shaygig, then Chayavin is Dainis Skila. For sure, he'd be Chayav Skila if he did a B'Mezid. But V'yeish Davar She'in Chayavin Shigas Chatos. There is something that he's not going to be Chayav Chatos for if he does a B'Shaygig. But nonetheless, V'Chayavin is Dainis Skila. He's going to be Chayav Skila for doing a B'Mezid. Umayniu, what is that? Machamer. And now the Gemara has another version of this Memra. Rava, Achud Rav Mari Barachel, he's the brother of Mari Barachel. Vamrilan, some say, Avud Rav Mari Barachel, he's the father of Mari Barachel. Now, before we continue with what this memory was, the Gemara pauses and discusses whom this person Rava was. Lilishna Basra, according to the second Lushan, that this Rava was the father of Mari Barachel, Kash, we have a problem because Hadu Rav, Achshrel Rav Mari Barachel, Rav declared Rav Mari Barachel fit, Umani Bibforsi the Bavil, and he appointed him as one of the officers of Bavil. Now, what's going on over here? Now, we know that Shmuel's daughter Rachel was taken captive, and Isser, one of her captors, lived with her. She had a child named Mari. Later, this Isser became a ger known as Isser Giora. So out of respect for Rav Mari, he's known by his mother's name, Rav Mari Barachel, and not his father's name. So the question over here is, is that if Rava is the father of Mari Barachel and not Isser Giora, so then why would Rav need to officially say that Rav Mari is kosher and that he's allowed to be one of the officers in Bavil, he's allowed to be appointed over his brethren. We have a passage that says, Miker vachecha, that only for amongst your brethren are you allowed to appoint someone to be an officer over them. If his father was Rava, that means his father was a Jew, his mother was a Jew, and we don't need Rav to come and officially say that Rav Mari Barachel is kosher. So the Gemara answers and says, Perhaps there were two Mari Barachels, and we're talking about the one whose father was Rava. But either which way, whether or not this Rava was the father or brother of Mari Barachel, he taught this member in the name of Rabbi Yechanan, that the person is always going to be Pater. Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan says, A person is a Machamer after an animal on Shabbos, Pater Miklom, he's Pater from everything. We already compared all the Torah to Avodah Zarah, and just like by Avodah Zarah, you have to do an action, so too over here, by Mechamer, you have to do an action, and you're not doing an action, your donkey's the one doing the carrying. He's not going to be chayv for doing a b'mezid either. We have a Mishnah. Was something that he would be chayv chatas for doing a b'shoyegig, or he would be chayv skila for doing a b'mezid. So we can infer from this, if you're not going to be chayv chatas for doing a b'shoyegig, you're not going to be chayv skila for doing a b'mezid, and over here, you're not going to be chayv chatas for doing a b'shaygig. Therefore, you're not going to be chayv skila for doing a b'mezid. And now the Gemara continues, and balav nami le'mechayv. You're not even going to be over alive for doing it, meaning you're not even going to get malchus for doing it. The havli lav shenitin lazharas misas bezin. It's a lav that's also used as the azhara for misas bezin. We're going to explain this in a second. V'chalav shenitin lazharas misas bezin. Any lav that's also being used as a azhara for misas bezin ain't like an olive. You're not going to get malchus on this. Now, every iser that one's going to get punished for needs 
two psokim. One pasuk teaches us the azhara, the warning not to be over this iser, and the other teaches us the actual punishment. So the pasuk of loisas ekom lacha is not only the azhara for the lav of machamer, but it's also the azhara for any lav that one would be chayv misa for. So therefore, it's a lav shenitan lazharas misa's bezin. It's a lav that's also being used as an azhara for someone not to be over this lav, or else he's going to get misa. So therefore, you can't get malchus. So a person's not going to be chayv achatos or skila, or even get Malkus. And Kofnu Daladama based on the top, Vafilu Mandamer Lycan, even according to the Mandamer that a lav Shanitin Lazharas Mises Bezin, a person will get Malkus for, in this specific case, he's not going to get Malkus. Why? Because Lichtev Rechmana, the Pusak should really say, You shouldn't do any work and your animal, meaning you shouldn't do any work with your animal, and then a person would be chai v'chatos for doing work with his animal, meaning being mechamer. But atolamli, why does it say, lo yisasakam lacha, ata uvehemtacha? So we learn from there, hu niu demchayiv, he would be chai for doing malacha on his own, behemte lo mechayiv, he's not going to be chai for doing malacha with his animal. Ata uvehemtacha, you're chai for doing malacha on your own, and your animal's chai for doing malacha on its own, but if you do it together with your animal, then you're not going to be chayiv. Now we had said in the Mishnah, yilachatzar chitzana, when a person gets to the outer courtyard, of the city and it's safe, so now he can unload his donkey on Shabbos. And the Gemara says, Amrav Huna, let's say his animals loaded up with glass kalim, maybe karmuksasos, he could take pillows and cushions and place it underneath these kalim, and untie the ropes, and then the bags fall on the pillows, so now the glass kalim won't break. The Gemara says, Our Mishnah told us that he's allowed to remove the kalim that are allowed to be carried on Shabbos, meaning something that's not muktzah, he's allowed to take off with his hand. He doesn't have to untie the ropes and let them fall. So why is it that Rav Huna is telling us? He has to untie the ropes, let these glass kalim fall on the pillows so that they don't break. He should just take them off himself. Glass kalim are not mukta. The Gemara says, Kikam Rafuna. Rafuna was talking about a specific case, Bekane de Umana, with these small glass bloodletting tubes, like those little tubes that they use when they take blood out of your finger and whatnot. So the small little tubes, they're mukta, they have no use. They have absolutely no use for him, therefore they're mukta, and that's why he has to let them fall on the pillows. The Gemara says, When you place this pillow underneath the tubes, so now these glass tubes are on the pillows, you're not able to move the pillows anymore, that's called The Gemara says, We're talking about small sacks of these little glass tubes, therefore you can slip the pillows out from underneath them, and it's not considered The Gemara asks, Let's say his animals loaded up with tevel, it was untithed produce, and large pieces of glass. He unties the ropes, the bags fall, even though this glass might break. So we see over here that you're not allowed to bring pillows and cushions. What's the difference between this case and Rav Huna's case? The Gemara says, Hasan Bakul. So over there, we're talking about large slabs of glass. And therefore, when they fall on the pillows, they're too large to slip the pillow out from underneath them. There's going to be a problem of Bittal Klimei And the reason why we're not allowed to put the pillow underneath them to prevent the loss of money is because anyway, these large slabs of glass are going to be broken up into smaller pieces for window panes. So when they break, it's not a problem because anyway we can use those small pieces. And the Gemara says, they Nami, we have a proof. Diktani, because it says in the Bible, Domi the Tevel, it compares it to Tevel. Ma Tevel Doi Chazile, just like Tevel has no use for anyone. Avachanami, Loi Chazile, so too these large slabs of glass have no use to him. So the Gemara says, Umayafu Bisham Shtabrim. So then why does the Bible say, even though it's going to break? That implies that there was a Havamina to say that since it's going to break, we're allowed to put the pillow underneath. And that's why the Bible has to tell us, no, you're not allowed to put a pillow underneath it even though it's going to break. We just said that they have absolutely no use and there's no problem if it breaks. So the Gemara says, you might have thought, we are chashish even for a small loss of money. There are going to be shards of glass that fly out that you're not going to be able to use after these large slabs of glass break. So perhaps I would be allowed to put a pillow underneath it. The Gemara says, the chedesh is that we're not chashish for this minor loss of money and therefore you're not allowed to put pillows underneath these slabs of glass. And the Gemara continues, he says, if his animal is loaded up with a large load of 
of grain, it was tevel, he could place his head underneath it, and push it to the other side, and then it falls off on its own. This is not considered a normal way of tiltal, and therefore it's mutter to unload his donkey in this fashion. The donkey of Ramagamaliel, he was loaded with honey, and he didn't want to unload it until Matzah Shabbos. It died because it was standing the whole Shabbos holding this heavy load of honey. The Gemara asked for Anantanan, but we learned in our Mishnah, he's allowed to take off the kalim that are permitted to move, and these kalim have honey in them, and honey is not mukta. The Gemara answers, no, Kisha Hidvish. The honey had soured, and therefore was mukta, and he wasn't allowed to unload it. The Gemara says, Hidvish, if it had soured, Lamai Chazi, what exactly are you going to use it for? Why was he transporting this soured honey from one place to another? The Gemara says, like Sisa the Gamli, you could use it for abrasions and cuts that the camels have, they would rub honey on it, and that would help. So it had a use, and that's why he was transporting it, but nonetheless, it's still considered mukta. So the Gemara asks, why doesn't he just untie the ropes, let the bags fall, like we had suggested previously, and then we don't have an issue of the donkey having a load on it. The Gemara says, Mitzvah Ziki, then the bags would split, and the honey would spill all over the place and become completely ruined. So we ask, why don't we just take pillows and cushions and place it underneath the bags so they don't split open? So we say, no, that's not possible because Metanfi, they're going to end up getting dirty from the honey, become and then there's you're not going to be able to use these pillows and cushions until after Shabbos when you can put them in the washing machine and therefore it's Usr. The Gemara asks, we have the problem with Tzar this donkey is sitting in pain with this load on his back the whole Shabbos. We're assuming that Tzar is Isr Daira right now, so we should have the Isr Daira of Tzar push away the Isr Drabanan of Bitul Klimei Chane. So the Gemara says, no, Tzar Balachim Drabanan, the Ramagamliel held that Tzar was only Drabanan, so therefore it's not going to push away the Drabanan of Bitul Klimei Chane. And the Gemara continues, Abai Ashchei Rabba, Abai found Rabba to come he was rubbing his son on the back of a donkey, meaning he was playing slide, taking his child, sliding him down the back of the donkey. Amrle, he told him, You're using Balechaim, and you're not going to be Mishtamish Balechaim with living animals on Shabbos. And Amrle, he told him, Rabbi responded, I'm just using the side of the animal. And the Rabbanu weren't geyser on studin of an animal. Now, the Chum were geyser, the one may not ride an animal on Shabbos out of fear that one's going to end up breaking a branch off of a tree to be used as a whip, and then he's going to be over on and this Isser is extended to be the general Isser of not being Mishtamish with Bali Chaim, you're not allowed to use animals on Shabbos. And Rabbi held that this Gzair didn't apply if one is using the side of the animal. And Rabbi says, And how do I know this is true? Did not, we have our Mishnah. We can untie the ropes and then the bags fall. My love, Bechever Guvalki is not talking about tied saddlebags. We have two saddlebags and they're tied on the top of the donkey. Davlut Stadin, that's considered the side of the donkey. You would have to lean on the donkey in order to be able to untie the bag. But Stadin, like Gazi so we clearly see from our Mishnah that there was no Gzair Midrabanan of using the side of an animal. So Abai responds, Loi, Bechever Aguvalki, we're talking about untied ropes and the way that these bags are connected to each other is some sort of metal clasp with a ring, Rashi says, and therefore, you don't need to lean on the side of the animal, Doloi Havut Stadin, and then you wouldn't be using the Stadin of the animal. Inami Balachta, we could be talking about a clip. Somehow these bags are clipped together. Again, you don't have to lean on the side of the animal. So there's no proof from our mission that you're allowed to use the side of an animal. And now the Gemara says, Eisve, Abai is going to bring a proof against Rabbah that the Chamim were guys around Stadin. Two sukkah walls were man-made, and one of them was using a tree as the third wall of the sukkah, Kshera, it's a kosher sukkah because it has three walls, but you're not allowed to go into an anyantif. Now, it's quite common to use the schach as a place to hang kalim and whatnot. The schach was attached to the walls, and now Abayah continues, my love, isn't this talking about a case? The chok baby Elon, they had hollowed out a hole in the tree, he had placed some boards inside that, attached his sukkah walls to those boards, and then placed his schach on top of those boards. The havalu this is called the tzadin of the tree because the boards are attached to the tree, and the tzadin are asur, because we had said, you are not allowed to go into that sukkah, we're afraid you're going 
going to use the schach, and the schach is on top of these boards, and that's considered studin of the tree. So we see that studin is usher. Mar says, Loi, that's not the case. The kafil ilan, he had actually bent over the tree, and he actually placed his schach on top of the tree itself to come shtamish ilan. He's actually using the tree, and he's not using the side of the tree. Mar says, Yahi, if so, I'm a safe, let's learn the end of this. Those three man made walls, and the fourth one was a tree. Share its kasher, and you're allowed to go into Ranyantef. If we're talking about the case, like we had just said, you had bent over the tree, and the schach was directly on the tree, why are you allowed to go into the sukkah and Yantif? We're afraid that you're going to be mishtamish Ilan because you're going to use the schach, which is directly on the tree. So Elamaya must be Stadin Asur, and that's Stadin or Asur. It's really like the way we described the case originally, that you had made a hole in the tree, you had connected boards to it, and that's what your schach was resting on. That's considered Stadin, and that's why it's Asur. The Gemara says we still have a problem because Saif Saif, Amayayun why are you allowed to go into the sukkah and Yantif? Just because it has three walls that are man made and the fourth one is a tree, nonetheless, we should be afraid that you're going to end up using the schach. The schach is stud another tree, and that should be usher. So, what's the difference when you have three man made walls or only two man made walls? So, the Gemara says, Al Hasim, it must be in the case when we have three man made walls, Bigvaza Parsichna, where the fourth wall is actually a very thick, leafy branch. The Elon Gufei Daivin Ba'amahudashavi, the tree itself is considered a wall, and we don't actually really need this tree wall. Therefore, we have three kosher walls, and we place the schach on those three walls, and we're not actually using the tree for our schach. So, really, the ratio of this member could be talking about where we had bent over the tree and the schach was placed directly on the tree, and the Seva is talking about where the fourth wall was the tree itself, it was very leafy, and we didn't need it to use it for the schach, and therefore we have no proof from this member that Stadin is Asr. And the Gemara says, Dekanami, Dekatani, Zaklal, call Ilushay Natal Ilon. If the tree would be taken away, Lamid, and the sukkah could stand by itself, Ayin Labiantef, you're allowed to go into Nanyantef. Shema Amino, we see from here that the Seva and the Mishnah could be talking about where the fourth wall was the tree itself, I didn't have to bend anything over, I didn't put the schach on the tree, I put the schach on the three existing walls that were man made, and therefore we don't necessarily have a proof from this Mishnah that Sudadin is Asr. The Gemara says, let's say this is a Machlaikes, whether or not Sudadin is Asr. The Tanakhama says, in Ayun Labiantif, you're not allowed to go into the Sukkah Anyantif. Rabbi Shimon Allah Zoraimer, Mishomar Meir, that Ayun Labiantif, you're allowed to go into an Anyantif. My love, Bahakim Ifilgi, it must be that they're arguing about the Marsavrat Sudadin and Surin. One holds that Sudadin is Asr, therefore you're not allowed to go into Marsavrat Mutar, and one holds that it's Mutar. So Amr Abayabai says, why? To Kuliyama Sudadin and Surin. Everyone can hold that Sudadin is Asr. We're arguing about the side of the side. Marsavrat Sidate Sudadin and Surin. One holds that Sidate Sudadin is Asr. Marsavrat Sidate Sudadin Mutarin. That the side of the side is Mutar. Why are we talking about Sidate Sudadin over here? Because we're talking about where the Schach extended beyond this board that was attached to the tree. And you're using the Schach that's not directly on this board. So therefore, we're using the Schach which is attached to the board, which is attached to the tree. So that's Sidate Sudadin. So the Machlaikas could be whether or not Sidate Sudadin is Asr, but everyone could hold that Sudadin is Asr. And Rav Amr then, no. Man Dasar bit Sudadin. One of the Asr is using the sides of the tree. Asr Naim bit Sidate Sudadin. He's not going to allow you to use Tzidate Stadin. Manda Shari bit Tzidate Stadin. And if you allow Tzidate Stadin, Shari Naim bit Stadin, you also would allow Stadin of the tree. The Gemara says, Eisver of Mshashi Lerava, not Yasid Bi'ilan. If a person placed a peg into a tree, the Talabakakala, and he hung a basket with his Erev in it. Now remember that when a person wants to be kind of Shvisa, wherever he places his food to be at the onset of Shabbos, that establishes his place of residence. So he took this basket, hung it on a peg, which he hammered into the tree. So the Gemara continues, Lamala Masar Tvachim, if this basket was above 10 Tvachim, Enruva Erev, his Erev is not valid because we're assuming the basket is four Tvachim wide, and if it's above ten Tvachim of the airspace of Rosh Hashanah, it's considered Rosh Hashanah Therefore, he would be in the Rosh Hashanah trying to take food from his basket, which is Rosh Hashanah and that would be Aser. If his basket is lower than ten Tvachim, a Ruve Erev. So 
was Erev is valid. And now Rav Meshashi concludes his question to Rava, Taima did not say Elon. The reason why his Erev is valid is because he had hammered this peg into the tree and he had hung his basket on the peg and not on the tree. But Halei Nots, if he hadn't put a peg into the tree and he wanted to place his basket on the tree, even if he had placed his basket lower than 10 Tvachim on the tree itself, it's not a valid Erev. So we clearly see, that this Tana does not allow you to use Stadin of the tree, meaning he doesn't allow you to take your food from the basket if it's on the tree. That's being Mishtamish bit Stadin of the tree because the basket is considered the side of the tree. But he does allow you Tzidate Stadin. He allows you to take food from your basket if it's on a peg which is attached to the tree. That's Tzidate Stadin. So we see that, that which Rava suggested, that the one that allows Tzidate Stadin would also allow Stadin is incorrect. This Mandamar allows Tzidate Stadin but not Stadin. So the Gemara answers, Amr of Papa, We're talking about a basket which is very difficult to get the food out of. It's a very narrow mouth basket. When he's trying to take his food out of this basket, he would be shaking the tree and that would be considered being mishtamish with the actual tree. That's why he has to hang it on a peg which is attached to the tree because then when he tries to take his food out of it, it's not going to move the tree at all. But this is not an issue of tzideit stadin. And the Gemara says that using the side of the tree is usher and tzideit stadin mutarn, using the tzideit stadin would be mutar. And now we have a practical application of this. Amr avashi hashadamut stadin asur. Now that you had said stadin is usher, high dark in the middle of this ladder which leads to a watchtower. A person shouldn't lean this ladder against the palm tree. The havalut stadin. That's using stadin because you're climbing up the ladder which is now considered the side of the palm tree. He should lean it against the stakes that are coming out of the palm tree. That's considered tzidet stadin. And when he goes up the ladder, he shouldn't place his feet directly on these stakes because that's considered stadin of the tree because they're attached to the tree directly. He should put his feet on the rungs of the ladder. That's tzidet stadin. He's using the ladder, which is leaning against the stakes which are attached to the palm tree. And tzidet stadin is mutter. Everyone should have a wonderful day.